0: Welcome, everybody, to On Podcast, the On Microsoft Podcast, where we talk about Microsoft things on a podcast. And today we'll be talking about a lot of Microsoft things on this very podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Kareem Anderson. I'm joined by the world's greatest co-host.
1: Arif Bacchus.
0: Yeah, and as I mentioned, uh, it's all Microsoft all day today. So let's just get through our laundry list of news. Um, and we'll kind of cover some things that we missed last week. Uh, we didn't record, but you know we're still going to talk about it very briefly.
1: Yeah, we last week was a big week and unfortunately we weren't able to record but we there was a lot of heavy hitting topics that happened in the Microsoft world last week. First of all was the May 2021 update finally launched and it did not launch in July this time. They actually launched it in time and we covered it in the past before there's not a lot of new features or anything so we didn't miss anything major there but a big, heavy-hitting topic that we did miss is the launch of Windows 10X not coming in 2021. And I know this is close to your heart, so why don't you get over it in a few seconds?
0: Yeah, uh, there's no Windows 10X. Um, there was barely ever Windows 10X because of, I mean, we had the that ISO that went out to a bunch of people uh, just to kind of test it. So, uh, there's really no love loss here. Uh, I think mean, for all of us who were in the industry, that we're super happy to kind of talk about it and get our hopes up about uh, a new version of Windows, but all many of us still scratched ahead about what it was going to be. Microsoft believed believed all of us of that uh, issue and just said not coming. And they had a blog post when they released the May update saying that we are going to take bits of it and put it into Windows. Uh, we'll probably be covering. More and more about these bits, especially if Sun Valley comes up and um, I believe they're going to be holding a Windows event at some point uh, in the next couple of months. So um, Windows 10X, not here. The only other big question left is, does the Neo now become a Surface Mini kind of device that, you know, gets dumped in a landfill somewhere? Because that's what Windows 10X was designed for. So uh, we'll keep an eye out on it.
1: And then uh, something that launched last week also was the Teams personal features. Um, It was in beta testing and now it finally launched last week. So now you'll be able to chat with your friends and family on Teams, on desktop, and on mobile.
0: Yeah, so those are the updates from last week. I mean, obviously we would have gone into greater detail about them. Uh, A lot of those things will be rolled into the upcoming uh, weeks as we go on, because again, once you release something, there's maintenance about it. There's more news. There's more features. There's more updates. So, um, just know that that those aren't stories that will just be dead and gone.
1: But uh, other topics now. For this week not last week we're in the we're in the present now is build 2021 happened this week and there was a lot of news especially if you're a developer um if you're a consumer i know some people were let down that it wasn't the big show that they expected it to be but there are still a couple of stories that you should have paid attention to at build if you're a microsoft fan and if you're a consumer and we'll recap those for you basically it covers Outlook and Teams and um, the Linux GUI apps at Windows 10 and a couple of other stories. So we'll run through those really quickly for you. And then um, Nadella said something big about the future of Windows at Build.
0: Yeah, he... It's big in its consequences. It was small in its announcement. He, after I believe a 45 minute keynote, he tossed in at the very end about how excited he was about, uh, and I don't, have, I'm paraphrasing, I can't quote him exactly, about the development of Windows and the new things that should be coming to it. Um, a lot of people ran with this idea, thinking it's Sun Valley. A lot of us pessimists see it as just a new rebranding of the Microsoft Store. Uh, We'll get into it, but uh, he basically said that he's super excited about the developments of Windows uh, coming soon.
1: And something that's not coming soon, that is already out, that was announced at build, is Edge version 91. And we'll look through the release and tell you everything that's new. Um, it's catching up with Chrome, and it's not a performance hog. Um They have some new features like uh, sleeping tabs and starter boost that we'll just roll through really quickly and let you know what's new in this release. And speaking of rolling through really quickly, Fast Recap is back, and I'll let you cover the topics for Fast Recap.
0: Yeah, we got a ton. We have Microsoft and Bethesda Games Showcase on June 13th, so we know that uh, this, I don't know if this is tied in with um, E3 or if this is just a separate thing leading into, but we have a games uh, announcement and we'll see where the future of Bethesda goes. A lot of people are uh, thinking exclusives. Um other 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 of us are just thinking new games that they're gonna start kind of hinting at and talking about. The next thing we have is Microsoft wants to revolutionize the Windows 10 experience, which again goes back to what Nadella just said uh at build, uh a little bit about what Nadella said, a little bit about what um panel said uh at the end of last year as well. So uh, a lot of Windows 10 Windows 10 experience talk. So we'll see what they do with that because Microsoft's always big on talk. Um, And this is based on a jobs posting too. So this isn't like an executive coming out. We just are kind of gleaning some information from uh, from that jobs posting. And then there's also the Microsoft Duo, uh, which gets better touch touch controls for cloud gaming. So um, where they couldn't necessarily produce the experience people wanted for dual screens, they're here at least making up for it for making it a, a Nintendo Switch-like experience for those of us who might go out and buy a $600 Surface deal now.
1: <laughs> and then after that, we have our week ahead segment, which is the end of the show where we talk about all the things we will talk about in the next week at on Microsoft. And Dell was kind enough to send us a OLED version of the XPS 13 for review. So I'll have my quick impressions in that segment. And then... We just came off taping a special interview with a certain YouTuber who you guys might be familiar with, so we'll be teasing that. And what about this? What's next for Windows event? Someone is saying that maybe it could be coming up in June or maybe sometime next month.
0: Yeah, uh, as I mentioned, uh, Bill, you know, as you kind of alluded to, Bill was very developer focused, very big on uh, AI, very big on Azure, very big on um, uh, Linux. Um, but not very much on the Windows itself, not anything that you know most of us consumers would be interested in, and we're, that's led a, a lot of people to believe that they're going to host a specific Windows event where they can kind of just go for half an hour, forty-five minutes, however long the event is, start to, to start teasing some of this big Sun Valley redesign, uh, which is you know for some people more than just um, a few new icons and a splash of colors and paints. Uh, you know, Zach has always been one to feel. <laughs> think it's a more grandiose endeavor as far as like moving some certain things around elements around the uh, interface so um if if june 13th is the gaming one they may hold off because you have wwdc right before that or right around that time um so within the next two weeks if you know we don't hear anything about it but it'll probably be a few weeks or so after the gaming one, just to give Microsoft some time to let news kind of soak in. So we could be looking at the end of June or there, you know, sometime in July, since they didn't want to space these things out maybe a month apart for some news, some big news about Windows.
1: And speaking of news, Build 2021 was a news fest, as we like to say in the industry. That's news, news fest. News fest. Some people we would have... say snooze. <laughs> Visit on Microsoft.com and click the Build 2021 um, section at the top, and you could scroll through all of our news stories to see what happened during Build. But we're, we're not here to rehash everything that happened. We just want to cover some of the more important things as Microsoft fans and as consumers. We're not really developers. I mean, we had a developer before, but we're just going to cover the stories that mattered most. And the first one that mattered most is Microsoft seems to finally be taking Windows 10 on ARM seriously. They announced the Snapdragon Developer Kit, which is a lot like what Apple did with their, I think it's called the Developer Transition Kit or something like that. But basically, Apple had a special kit where they put the M1 in a Mac Mini and they allowed developers to code their apps before the general release of M1 architecture to MacBooks and Mac Minis. And now Microsoft is doing something similar with this Snapdragon developer kit. It's an affordable Windows and ARM-based PC that is specially designed for developers. The kit will be available for purchase at the Microsoft Store this summer as part of a partnership between Microsoft and Qualcomm Technologies. Now, Microsoft didn't share how much the kit will cost, but the idea is developers won't need to run out and go and buy a Surface Pro X or some thousand or fifteen hundred dollar PC, just so they could code uh, for ARM-based PCs and change their apps for ARM-based PCs. So it's giving hope that Microsoft finally waked up and realized that ARM is the future. And here we go; we now need to put everything back in the developers' hands. What are your thoughts on that?
0: Uh, it's twofold. Uh, I agree with you that they finally have woken up, but we also have to take in context that these things are years of years in the in the in the planning. So this developer kit, I would assume, would have been a concept or an idea that was thought of maybe a year or two ago. Yeah. Uh, Apple just happened to blow the doors off of everybody's expectations with DM1, but I'm sure uh, this plan for Windows Arm development kits have been have been in works for Microsoft and um, and uh, Snapdragon developers, things like that, for a while. Um, again, they Apple just kind of beat them to the punch. Uh, on my side of it, it isn't necessarily the bastion of development that i think people are, are hoping for uh, as far as windows on arm I think because of the way it kind of landed um how lackluster it was to begin with it's gonna be really hard to get people back on board for this i think at this point what Microsoft needs to do is nail down the emulation layer um, so that developers can, they can just tell developers that it just works and that it actually does just work and I, I know a lot of times microsoft likes to say that and then there are a lot of hidden strings about like how you you know what platforms you need to develop for first what bits you need to have in place before you start even working on any of this and so um, without any of these gotchas if they can just nail down their arm emulation, um or i guess um the tra- the transition layer for this and you know the, the way that they open up the containers things like that if they can nail that which i think they've you know they've showed some progress on last November, uh, yeah, last October, November-ish, um, then the, you know, they'll be in good footing. These developer kits, again, still cost extra money. So if you're already have yeah. a Windows PC, um, you still need to go out and buy this thing and then develop for versus saying like, hey, you know, um, here's something that we built for you within Windows. You can VM into it, uh, unwrap everything, and it just kind of works. Uh, I, th- I feel like that's where they need to go. Again, I appreciate the effort, and I would love to see a ton of it come from it. But I think at this point, either you push PWAs or you get the emulation layer. I don't think either of those two things, beyond those two things, developers are interested in it, at least on the Windows side. Uh, we, you know, we can't really point to a, a new Windows app that's been created specifically for Windows. Everything's kind of been created for the web and ported back to Windows or Android at this point. So um, it's sort of chasing where the puck is versus where it's going to be for, for Windows, but this developer kit um, again I could be entirely wrong I'm not a huge developer I just see um, a lot of developer talk as far as you know what they're interested in and where they can afford to put their resources And Windows 10 isn't a huge one um, if you're not an enterprise so if they can just tell developers like hey the apps you've already created all the time you've invested all the resources you have invested just work on ARM now uh, it may you know take a little a few seconds to unwrap it just like they did with the M1. But once it's unwrapped, it works just fine. I think developers would get on board with adding new features. So
1: and, anyway. and, it's not, and it's not like Microsoft is all on their own with this. They're together with Qualcomm. And I think it was the day before build that uh, Qualcomm announced the Snapdragon 7C Gen 2, which is the budget entry for ARM devices. And it increases the battery life and performance of these of what should be a new upcoming wave of affordable ARM-based PCs. So, and then on top of that, Microsoft also beefed up ARM with the, like you mentioned, the 64-bit app emulation on the Surface Pro X. And they have a program together with Qualcomm where you could test to see if your apps would work on ARM or not. Like they're working closely with developers to make sure that everything is working. And their own apps finally work on ARM, um, Edge is one, Visual Studio is another, and Teams is another. So there's there's a lot of hope out there that we'll be getting more speedy, more beefy, more it just works Windows 10 on ARM PCs.
0: That's that's the goal, and I think once they once they can come to the table with that, um, the ARM development should flow. And again, I think at this point, what we are kind of uh, coalescing with ARM development is longer battery life. Thinner devices. Um, so if they can get their own apps to work like they should, uh, all the other stuff is just icing on the cake.
1: And that—that that was just one story about on the Windows 10 side. There are other stories, but this is not really a consumer thing. But I know some consumers do like to play with the Windows subsystem for Linux and Windows Terminal. And I'll let you handle that side of the news.
0: Yeah, it just avail- it just depends on the type of consumer you are. These consumers are uh, developer heavy, essentially, uh, and you know they have to uh, VM into uh, their devices or, or you know spread out their development across different platforms. So, with that being said, Microsoft announced several development themed updates for Windows 10, including support for the the GUI, the GUI, Linux apps, and Windows Subsystem for Linux, uh, and some for new Windows Terminal capabilities as well. Uh, with Windows Terminal 1.9 now in preview, Microsoft is including a new quick mode feature. Um, yeah, the, the name is a bit odd, but basically what it does is um, it allows you, it allows whoever's using it to open up the new terminal windows from anywhere within Windows Ten using a quick keyboard shortcut. So, uh, no longer having to if you know you're a developer and you barely ever use a mouse this is just another feature to help you kind of open up things. Um, As you may recall, Windows Terminal was first added in 2019 to Windows 10 uh, for those who run the command line. So it's been there for some time for people to use, uh, and they're just adding more features to it because again, they know that Their audience is, again, multi-platform. Not everything just has to be about Windows. Um, As for the GUI Linux apps and Windows subsystem, uh, this is previously tested uh, with Windows Insiders, but Microsoft is now saying that it's available for developers, um, I'm assuming outside of the testing bed. Again, I'm not a developer, but you guys let us know if you're able to access that. Um, If not, we will reach out to Nandela and ask him to open it up for us. (laughs) Uh, The Windows subsystem for Linux allows users to run their favorite Linux tools, utilities, and apps for developer workflows. This new feature expands its support uh, to include new GUI apps uh, that work right out of the box. And this is according to Microsoft. They also didn't list specifically what the apps were, but I think through sessions, uh, which I didn't attend those specific ones because again, I'm not a developer, that you'll get an, uh, an idea of which apps are available. Um, maybe I actually, sh- maybe we can ask one of our developer writers on staff to see if they can coalesce a, a list of the ones that are available right now. Maybe we can make that into a post for you guys next week. We'll run it by our editor and see if that's something that you might be interested in.
1: And then speaking of developers, they also had a Project Reunion 0.8 or 0.8, depending on how you want to say it. And if you remember last year, Project Reunion was a big thing because Microsoft promised it's the future and you're, we're finally going to fix the app gap. We're going to reunite apps. And we're going to remove roadblocks for developers. And since then, there have been a couple of releases. Um, 0.5, I think, came back in March. And it was the first like the production-ready version that people could actually use. But now they announced version 0.8, and this allows develop. There are few goals in mind with this release. Developers can now create and modernize their Windows apps for both client and cloud endpoints. Um, It comes with support of Windows 10 version 1809, the ability to use Project Reunion with a .NET 5 app, and Windows UI Library WinUI 3 and Microsoft Edge Web View 2. Woo, what a mouthful! And then. They also announced how it is able to modernize Windows 10. There was an interesting quote in the Build Book of News that we had where they said, Project Reunion gives access to modern Windows technologies that customers can incrementally adopt faster because they are decoupled from the OS.
0: Yeah, um, so again, they are containerizing uh, elements that are necessary or that are being leveraged from apps um uh, from previous versions of windows uh and saying that you can still have access to them and make your app more modern without having to necessarily uh uh use the operating system itself uh so again good good news um i'm hoping that they speed up uh development on this i know again they mentioned this mid last year or whatnot um and so we're only at 0.1 we're not even at 1.0 yet but i think uh if this all goes back to modernizing Windows, making new Windows experiences, um, and getting developers on board to just basically make new features for the app, not create new apps, but just give us new features for their apps, this is the, a big step in that right direction.
1: So why don't you get us into the Teams news because Teams is all the rage these days. That's what everyone is talking about.
0: That's what I, you know, the kids on the street, they always tell me, hey, sir, you're
1: using Teams?
0: Uh, they don't say that. <laughs> No one says that, but uh, as far as Teams news is concerned, Microsoft is introducing new capabilities and tools that will empower developers to create more interactive apps for improving meetings and experiences in Teams. Again, Teams is becoming its own platform, or it has been its own platform for some time, and Microsoft is putting a ton of development behind it. Uh, It it may sprawl out to be the uh, new productivity suite. You'll say, like, oh, do you have Teams versus, like, are you using Office at some point? uh, Some of the new uh, features include... Uh, a, sh- a shared staging integration, um, which I think they launched uh, last week, might have mm-hmm. been right after build or after some of the sessions. Uh, that feature brings a new configuration of uh, to facilitate "quote unquote" real time and multi user collaboration experiences in popular apps using Teams meetings. So you'll be able to, uh, you know, um, collaborate and you know point and things like that in different apps, not just uh, apps that were that teams related, but, you know, say if you're using like OneNote or something like that, you'll be to pull those in. Um, the new meeting uh, event API is another innovation that is now available, uh, but it's only in preview for, for some developers. Uh, the API can now be used to automate common workflows like meeting starts and events uh, that will support uh, events later this year. So um, maybe you start to set up your own um, Uh, schedules and and let people, you know, alert people about them, Uh, hopefully send out recaps or debriefings, things like that, Um, which, again, is more automated versus you having to kind of give the notes at the end of the meeting, handwritten, things like that, and remember who to send it to, and who to CC and BCC, on those things. Uh, Microsoft is also planning to launch a media API uh, with resource-specific content this summer, allowing developers to access audio, video feeds in quote-unquote real-time for note-taking, insights, gathering, translations, transcriptions, and many other scenarios. Again, this is just part of that debriefing aspect of, of a meeting, uh, and it just makes it easier for people to get on with all the stuff that you're supposed to be doing that came from the meeting. So, you know, there are a lot of meetings where I've gone in, uh, had to take notes by the time I'm done giving out the notes, you know, the day's gone by <laughs> and I didn't get to any of the stuff that we talked about in the meeting. Uh, there's a new together mode, uh, sensibility for teams meetings and it's coming this summer um, and it should make video conferencing even more engaging for attendees by allowing like creators to design custom together mode scenes. So I think at, right now we have that weird, like,
1: auditorium
0: know, it, looks like it looks like auditorium is... or uh, it always looks like a telethon to me like so maybe you can make an auditorium a more impressive auditorium or you can put people on the beach or you know put them in a mountain somewhere like mount rushmore and just have everybody's heads up there so uh, even like, though
1: even though all these things are for developers right now eventually they'll make their way into consumer features which is why we want to mention them really quick
0: yeah yeah definitely uh this is the probably the most consumer thing that we got out of Build uh, between yeah. this and Outlook. Um, yeah. Microsoft Teams, speaking of which, Microsoft Teams and Outlooks on the web will soon get support for message extensions, uh, which will offer a, consolidation, a consolidated development environment for creating extensions for both platforms. So um, I don't know specifically what those details were because, again, I wasn't in on that session and Della kind of Breeze through a lot of these opener things. Um, and it's, it, was, it was like 45 minutes, very short uh, intro, this keynote. But we do have uh, pieces on our site uh, that I give more detail about that. So again, for now, this is just a uh, look for message extensions coming uh, soon uh, for, for Outlook and Teams.
1: And then they also had something about Fluid Components. I, mean, I know this was introduced last year at Build, but now it's finally coming to Teams and it will allow you to copy over real-time um, um, tables and text and edited uh, across all the different um, office apps simultaneously, which is another big uh, story.
0: Yeah, it's it's big because it's in, in the wake of, I think, Google Workspaces, uh, which they announced at Google I.O., which uh, follows a similar path of being able to launch or take parts of an app uh, a productivity app within another one so you don't have to necessarily jump out of a tab you know if you're in Chrome or, or using Google jump out of a tab into another tab to reach you know open up sheets or anything like that you can basically pull in the functionality of sheets into your uh, uh, docs or, or or slides or whatever and get all that functionality versus again jumping out of it so, uh, fluid components are a very similar concept, uh, as you had mentioned. Being able to pull out text and tables and lists and action items and put those in a Word doc without having to go into Excel, build it out, copy paste it into there. You'll just be able to kind of go somewhere to the sub menu, sub, uh, menu uh, and use any of those things. So again, this is to speed up productivity and to uh, for anybody who's on the web, uh, keep your tabs cleared so you don't have five thousand different tabs open.
1: And then they also rebranded the uh, App Studio for Microsoft Teams to the Developer Portal, which is basically um, cleaning things up and helping help making it easier for developers to build apps for Teams. Which, as you said, uh, Teams is suddenly becoming its own platform.
0: Yes, it's. I mean, we hear. I think in order priority, it becomes Teams, uh, Azure, Office,
1: Outlook, and then Windows. Outlook. Xbox, than Windows. Yep. <laughs> but uh, out speaking of Outlook, uh, here we go. You, you're bringing back the segues, aren't you?
0: Uh, I'm trying it here. I'm trying. It. Uh, there are two new features coming soon. Uh, it's Organization Explorer and Message Extension, as you know, we previously discussed, and it's uh, coming for Outlook for the web. Um, I don't know if I, I really am praying that we start to get some new features for uh, Outlook on the desktop that makes streamlining uh, and and, uh, triaging email a little easier. I I know that every time I open up Outlook, there's always like that little box that says, hey, look what's new. And it's, look, we put the search menu bar three inches over (laughs) to the right. I mean, Uh, but Outlook for the web seems to be getting a ton of new features and I'm hoping some of that stuff gets backported in a very consistent and intuitive way. Anyway, Organization Explorer is a new embedded app for Outlook that will be uh, coming this summer. Uh, its goal is to help uh, help people find uh, coworkers or, team, or or people in teams with similar skills as your own so you guys can collaborate together. I mean, it's um, kind of like uh, if you're using whatever the project is and somebody has a title in their, I guess, job description or in their bio or things like that, uh, and within your company, that you can uh, surface that information and say, like, hey, you know, Corey, the graphic designer, uh, and I'm building out this website. He's being listed, or suggested to me uh, to work on this project. I should reach out to him. Uh, again, this just makes it easier for you to kind of roll the decks, uh, the necessary people for projects. It sounds. And
1: then. Like. And then the message extensions, again, it's more of a feature for developers, but eventually whatever they develop will make its way to you. And it's a feature that, um, with the aim of making your email process easier. um, With the support for message extensions on Outlook.com, Outlook, uh, not Outlook, uh, developers should see a unified experience across both Teams and Outlook for the web. So basically you make one extension here and it works everywhere else.
0: Yeah, and it just works. You get that, Microsoft? It just works. That's what they need to nail down.
1: And... That's it for Build. We're finished with Build for now. But again, you could visit onMicrosoft.com, click the Build 2021 topic at the top of the page and scroll through the entire list to see our list of articles, all the news, all the rumors, everything you need to know. But now, speaking of rumors, time to talk about Nadella and something he said about the next generation of Windows. I'll leave it to you because I know you're constantly texting and you're constantly calling Satya Nadella. I am,
0: and so he and I were going back and forth on whether you should even mention this, and he, without <laughs> my consent, just blurted it out. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, Microsoft uh, CEO Satya uh, Nadella, during his uh, keynote during Build, mentioned uh, the amount of devices that Windows is on, which I think he said is at 1.3 billion as of right now. Um, and with that being said, you know there are a, uh, avenue of different things that people want. From their operating system and how they wanted to work and he's mentioned that uh, after listing all the things that are happening in a uh, 21 h1 there's uh that should be coming up this year uh, that he's hinted at the next generation of Windows and that led everyone to run to their keyboards and start typing out new, you know, what new names Windows should be called and what this could mean. And, you know, what this is. Windows, Windows,
1: Windows. as a service. Windows as a service. Uh, where you pay as a service. Two, $2 a month to pay for Windows 10. <laughs> yeah.
0: Or again, uh, how this is in the backdrop of them canceling Windows 10X, what this means. So Um, and with them also saying that they're gonna take bits of Windows 10 X and put it into the new next generation of Windows. Um, What we're, at least I'm thinking of with this announcement is that um, he was very specific about uh, making new tools and ways for developers to monetize themselves on Windows. So I'm thinking that this is gonna be a play for the Windows Store, Um, lower fees, new design, uh, hopefully better search functionality, Uh, put a lot into uh, allowing people to basically port over their web experiences to the store. So if you're buying uh, Filmora, you can just look it up in the Windows Store uh, versus having to go to the website itself. You know, direct people to here is a containerized version of the web, uh, but you still let the developer kind of control that experience uh, and you just make it easier to download the thing so that they can get paid. They have two places to put stuff um, and this helps Windows in general because now people will, you know, will want to say, I need the Microsoft Store to get this app versus I just need a computer to jump on the web to find whatever it is I need. It kind of, It's a subtle bit of lock-in, um, kind of playing the Apple lock-in game where it's the Microsoft Store presents you the thing that you need versus I need to go out and search it for myself. Um, other people, like Zach Bowden, my buddy, uh, <laughs> thinks this is more of again, a grandiose endeavor as far as uh, creating a whole revamp of the windows 10 experience uh i know that they're putting a lot of emphasis in touch keyboard right now a lot of the uh, updates we've seen over the last few weeks have been about the touch experience and keyboard uh in windows 10. Um, there's a lot they still need to do as far as um transitioning from apps, the start menu, um, the full scale start menu when you're in tablet mode. There's a lot of tablet mode stuff that they pulled out from, they pulled out of Windows 8, uh, it pulled out of Windows 10 that was from Windows 8 that made things easier, like the URL at the bottom of the screen, if you're holding a device this way, uh, or, you know, where's your thumbs at the lower part of it to type in things, Uh, they need to bring all that back, um, make the tablet experience, you know, second to none on the device itself. So again, the pessimist in me says this is just a play for the Microsoft Store and maybe a few patchings of, you know, uh, shades of gray in the menu settings. Uh, the optimist in me is hoping that, you know, again, this new taskbar that they're the way that you're shifting the taskbar becomes something new, that they consolidate the settings menus. If, even if you don't get rid of the secondary control panel, at least give us the option to uh, theme it so that the backdrop is the same shade of gray as the regular settings menu. Um, The icons all match, you know, you don't have these like weird retrofitted 95 icons that are just updated with colors.
1: Um,
0: Make sure that, you know, your iconography, your your typeface and your scaling, that's the other thing. Like you can instantly see a 95 uh, control panel or settings by the super scrunchy pixelated uh, scaling. Like if you can get the scaling all the same, you don't necessarily need to get rid of all of the different ways that we can access device menus.
1: So. But I, I don't think it's the first time that we actually heard um, specifically next generation of Windows. I think uh, Panos Panay teased it at Ignite. So, But the thing that got me thinking about this is the fact that he said that – let me um, pull up the quote from the article real real quick here. Yeah, as He said – his quote is – Windows brings together all your developer and collaboration tools in one place. It lets you choose the hardware you want, works with Linux and Windows environments as one, and has a modern terminal. And soon, we will share one of the most significant updates to Windows of the past decade to <coughs> excuse me, to unlock greater economic opportunity for developers and creators. And here is a part that got me thinking. He says... I have been self-hosting it over the past several months, and I am incredibly excited about the next generation of Windows. Our promise to you is this. We will create more opportunity for every Windows developer today and welcome every creator who is looking for the more informative, more innovative, new open platform to build and distribute and monetize applications. We look forward to sharing more very soon. So I'm probably like Zach and I'm overthinking it. But the <laughs> fact the fact that he said during Build that he has been self-hosting it makes me figure that this is Sun Valley and this is everything that, that we've been thinking of and that it's not just a new store like you discussed. It has to be something new that has him coming out saying, I'm self-hosting it and I'm using it and it's amazing.
0: Uh, again, I'm hoping that that's exactly what it is. Uh, but I've also lived during a time where Microsoft yeah. overpromises and underdelivers, So I'm setting myself up for if it's just a store update to be like, yay, we got a store update and again, being very critical of it because just because you change the size of the icons and you change some of the like, you know, fluent design it, it's one of the worst search experiences out there. So fix that search engine. Let us make sure we get to the places we need to go when I type it. Um, You know, video editing. I don't want tutorials on how to video edit. I want software on how to video edit. So fix that and we can start talking.
1: But generally speaking i know in my other publication i wrote this um loren messaged me here and said you wrote fake news because build is build is never about consumers and it's never about windows and it's all about developers and azure and and cloud and all the all the stuff that we skipped here because who wants to talk for an hour about azure but anyway the expectation was that Build would be all about Sun Valley and everything that we heard the past month or so in the past few months, mainly from Zach, because he's the one who's all these rumors are coming from. But I mean, that was
0: Brad Sam's has got some stuff too.
1: Yeah, that was the expectation that we would see Sun Valley and we would hear more about about that stuff, but... We never did, and it ended up being another disappointing build where it was not really about consumers aside from the Windows 10 and ARM news. So generally speaking, I know we're running long hair and we were going on and on and on, but has build been dis- disappointing for you? For me, it is because I expected Sun Valley and I expected them to talk more about Windows 10 and the future of Windows 10 even though we do know we do believe there's a separate event coming up but do you think that build has been disappointing
0: uh it's a good question um i don't think so um from a enthusiastic window side person as you know um it's a way to organize the development of windows so we kind of have a uh, a timetable, a roadmap on what to expect in the fall. And we've haven't gotten that very clearly. Um, I think they've relied on their insider development process to kind of do a lot of that uh, explanation. But it you know for those of us who don't use Insider or, or aren't on certain channels, we don't get any of these features. We don't get any of that communication. So that's but that's been the letdown for music communication. I understand that you know they're focusing on developers and their pivot to the cloud uh, where they lean heavy on um, has made that, you know, the focus of these things. I think they have to reconsider that the way they communicate with people. I think a dedicated Windows event that isn't developer-focused because the tools in Windows that they're leveraging aren't necessarily some things people need in Windows itself. Like the Windows, uh, I think the Linux subsystem is probably the biggest thing, and they talked about that at length, and I think they had 15 different sessions about that. That's probably the most functional part of Windows that, developers need to know about as far as the consumer stuff, about the stuff that gets us excited, the colors, the changes of icons, the transitions, the animations, the consistency, that can be done in a separate event that is, you know, that developers don't necessarily need to to worry themselves about, pay money to go see, um, or Microsoft to spend time explaining. So that's where I see that. Uh, you can also see that kind of happening in Google's side. I, I was listening to like this week in tech or whatever, and they're talking about, you know, ousting Sundar, Sundar Pichai because they're not—he doesn't make Google exciting. I'm like, well, Google is kind of in the same thing. They've gotten so big, and Android is just one aspect of Google that you know they're focusing on more grandiose things for the developers. Um, and so we're starting to see this shift of developer-focused things, and then consumer-related things maybe in the fall. So again, maybe hold a hosted event right before you do, you know announce all the devices or hosted during the devices, because that's where Microsoft shines. And I think that's what they might be planning with Panos. It's easier to explain and show why you need a Surface laptop or a Surface Studio or Surface things right. when you can show, these are all right. the cool new things that are coming from Windows versus, here's all the cool new things coming from Windows in May, I hope you remember those things when i tell you that this is the new device you need to get so if you right. can kind of pair those things together it'd be great i know apple's going to blow the doors off it's thing because they kind of do that all at once because they're constantly just putting out hardware and you know i feel like that's been their like mantra is just a blitzkrieg everything and like here's target hardware, hardware hardware and these are the operating systems to function that hardware which is why they get away with that so microsoft do it in the fall when you that has new devices and, and showcase you know the features on Windows that make these devices kind of shine.
1: And speaking of Shining, um, we're done with Build Now, we're done with Windows Now, we're moving on to Edge 91, which was Shining because it does have some new features um, that Microsoft announced. Uh, the sleeping tabs feature that you first saw in Microsoft Edge 89 is now even better in Microsoft Edge 91, thanks to some under-the-hood changes. Microsoft says that in Edge 91, sleeping tabs now saves you up to 82% more memory than before, according to their data. And it could put ads to sleep when you put tabs in the background, and it helps save you more RAM, And additionally, also new in Edge 91 is some more ways to personalize the web browser. They do have 10 new color themes, which you could find in the appearance page in the settings. And also the new tab page has a new personalized button to help you tailor your news and interests, which you might also be seeing in your taskbar soon if you didn't install the optional update yet. And then another thing new in Edge 91 is uh, shopping, which I know a lot of people might be doing for back-to-school season and for the Memorial Day weekend. Well, there's a new feature which where Bing rebates is directly integrated into Edge, where if you go on a certain website and you you see the price tag, the blue price tag icon, if you tick, click that icon, you'll see a list of how the price of that specific item has changed and you'll also see the ability to get uh, cash back on on that item if you buy it through Bing Bing rebates and that's what's new in Edge 91
0: yeah and just to kind of let people know that uh, there are at least some big name retailers, so you know, for those of you who are Etsy shoppers, that rebate thing still shows up, but for those of you who you are know, more mainstream things, we have Amazon, Walmart, Best Buy, Target, Home Depot, and Macy's are all uh, parted in this, so if you shop any of those big box locations, um, just know that you can start to see discounts and rebates on that kind of stuff from those places.
1: And that is that for Edge. Now now we're entering our fast recap segment, and I'll give us 10 minutes to get through all of these topics. So 10 minutes on the clock right now. And the first one is Microsoft's and Xbox Bethesda Game Showcase, which is coming up in a few weeks on June 13th. I'll let you talk about that one.
0: Yeah, I would say we only need about four minutes, so you can probably change that if you want to in post-editing. But uh, again, we mentioned earlier that uh, June 13th, Microsoft and Bethesda are going to be holding an event uh, that we believe will be uh, focused on new announcements as far as the structure of Bethesda and Microsoft. Um, Exclusivity, probably either to or against that notion, Uh, I believe Microsoft will probably Keep, uh, some timed exclusives, but, you know, for the most part, any business a game that was already on the PlayStation platform will remain there. Um, I do expect them to just kind of hint at in uh, new IP. They probably won't have anything to show for it, but they'll at least say, like, you know, these are some of the concepts and the ideas that we have in mind. Um, and that's basically about it. I think that, you know, we'll probably hear some more information about uh, Xbox and Xbox games, things like that, uh, how the platform is doing. But I don't expect a lot out of this uh, announcement, uh, probably half an hour, maybe 45 minutes of, hey, we own them. And we hope you guys like what's coming next.
1: It also coincides with the uh, 20 years of Xbox thing that we talked about uh, uh, in our last episode, too. So expect a lot of Xbox news out of that event.
0: Yeah, nostalgic Xbox news. Uh, The next thing we can talk about is Microsoft wanted to revolutionize the Windows 10 experience. uh, And this is, again, according to a job posting. So this goes back to Panos and Sachin's uh, idea of what the new Xbox is. I mean, the new Windows experience is going to be. Uh, It's interesting that we're going to get job posting now, even though we're hopefully going to be seeing the end of development of Windows Sun Valley. So I'm assuming that this is positions for someone who's going to help uh, manage the timelines for new features that are coming. So you 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 hired your engineering staff already. They've already put together what we're going to be seeing in Sun Valley. And this person and or people will now be saying, okay, now let's, finish iterating on the things that we've presented and how do we make sure that there's a natural progression and the new things that we're going to do, kind of come up with and why we need these technologies. So if it's stuff that is relevant to touch, maybe more touch development, if this person is going to kind of manage. I don't think they're going to engineer or develop it, but they are going to organize when these things kind of drop and, and how they communicate, I'm hoping.
1: And that's just the job posting, but we already talked about the whole thing with Nadella and what he said about Windows and all the rumors, so this came before Bill, just to be clear.
0: Yes, right.
1: Uh, And the last thing we
0: have is uh, the Surface Duo. I'll let you run with that one.
1: Yeah, I know our um, guest uh, probably would be happy about this. Our our previous guest, uh, Shane Craig, who is a big uh, Surface Duo fan, but now... Microsoft has finally turned the Surface Duo into a much better gaming machine. They updated its Xbox game. They updated their Xbox Game Pass app for Android to improve support for custom touch controls on dual-screen devices. So that's basically you, Surface Duo owners. You now be able to use one of the screens as your controller. And this is something that's been beta tested, so now it's just generally rolling out. And can you guess who announced it? It was Panos Panay himself, not someone from the Xbox team. Uh, Panay sent out a tweet and he was like, it's a very cool update for Surface Duo customers working with Xbox. We've put touch controls on the second screen. More than 50 games are now available to play for Xbox Game Pass Ultimate members. So there you go.
0: Yeah, I wonder how this would work for like the Z Fold though. Because I, I mean, it's a, it's a sort of, dual screen uh, i mean there's no definitive uh or delineation between the screens, so i don't know if we'll be able to kind of use it the same way but at least for a duo owners you now again have a nintendo switch like experience um there have been a ton of i think they're at what 12 right now i wouldn't say a ton but 12 games that are at least touch enabled uh from game pass uh or maybe from xcloud so hopefully with this new development they'll be able to Talk to the Xbox team to have those, you know, have new games ported with this new controller setup, so that you have even more. You don't necessarily have to carry around the weird controller slash phone. You'll know, just be able to pop open the top of your current phone and start playing and get that same sort of experience. Again, I know first person shooters will probably suffer from this sort of kind of thing, but for anybody who's a platformer or, or a strategy role playing strategy game, these should be great for. You have one device so- now.
1: It's all part of Microsoft's plan to turn the Duo into a new gaming machine because it flopped so much. <laughs>
0: I mean, if they if they continue to sell it at six hundred bucks, it may not be that bad of a, a deal. I mean, eight gig eight of RAM and those specific games being streamed in the cloud. If you have great bandwidth, it's a cool little idea to be like. Not only do I, you know, have I f- done finished uh, triaging my email, now I'm gonna turn it sideways and start playing something on my couch without having to like, you know, set up the input on my new screen or interrupt my family from watching something else. I can just start playing game right then and there. And then close it up and go about my day.
1: And now it's time for the week ahead. We finally reached the end of the podcast. I know it's been a long show, but hope you bared with us through it because we had a lot of fun stuff to talk about. And speaking of talking about, for the week ahead, um, Dell sent us a XPS 13 OLED um, unit, and this thing is phenomenal. I don't know if you guys have ever tried an OLED laptop. I know, Have you, Kareem?
0: Yes, I have. Uh, I've got a, a few from uh, Lenovo. Uh, I think I had one from uh, HP back in the day.
1: Yeah, but um, OLED screens are amazing. As soon as you turn it on and you go to your web browser and you visit a web page, you will see the difference. Everything just looks so much more clearer. And then when you go to YouTube and you visit YouTube and you open up a video, it looks so lifelike, especially when you're watching like um, nature videos. That's, that's what I did. I had a photo shoot with the laptop and I opened up YouTube and I put the standard, um, the two-in-one XPS 13, which I reviewed a few weeks ago, right next to the OLED XPS 13. And you could see the difference between the two, how more vibrant the OLED XPS 13 is. So yeah, that's just some quick uh, early impressions and look out for my review next week. And I know you, I'll let you talk about the, the what's next for Windows stuff before we get into our other thing about our special guests.
0: Yeah, um, again, this is all kind of just uh, touching back on the same things we've been talking about, this whole theme about uh, Windows. We, we A lot of us in the industry are suspecting that there's going to be a What's Next event where they focus on Windows because, again, they left a lot of it out of build. Uh, there's a lot to be said before Sun Valley just drops some people. So they're going to need to prime everyone's interest and in education about, you know, Sun Valley if and when it does come out next fall or this fall. Uh, and there needs to be some event before that. You just don't drop like, oh, here's Sun Valley and, and good luck. It's going to be here are the things that we're been working on, and you'll see them uh, in you know late October, early November. So uh, that gives us some time between um, the June 13th gaming event. They're going to want to space these two things out, uh, and and uh, and next fall or this fall coming up. So it could be hopefully. The end of June, maybe probably more likely sometime in July. So to give it its own month to be, you know, to garner news. Um, I doubt that they're going to wait till August to kind of do this because they'll probably have more gaming news uh, in conjunction with that. So, And I know that they have another ignite planned uh, at the end of August or beginning of September. So I'm expecting sometime in in early uh, July, late June for this news to come out.
1: And that said, um, what's coming soon is next week we have a special interview with the YouTuber Michael MJD. Um he, I don't know if you guys are familiar with him, but he does um, videos about vintage tech, including Microsoft and Apple. And check out his YouTube channel if you haven't already. Uh, he's a really fun guy to talk to, and uh, we're looking forward to speaking with him and hearing what he has to say about his favorite tech, his thoughts on Windows, his thoughts on Microsoft, and so much more.
0: Yeah, I mean, hopefully we'll see if we can get, get him talking about maybe Laserdiscs or cassette tapes or the Zune <laughs>
1: oh yeah and uh, that's the last topic that I have unless you have anything you want to add no uh,
0: we're going to let our people go you know, so you guys can go enjoy your weekend uh, I am you can find me at MindHead1 on Twitter again that's MindHead1 uh, they can find you Jern. yeah and uh, again visit on Microsoft and Twitter as well if you don't have time or don't want to visit the site but still want to keep up on all the latest news giveaways uh, interviews uh, announcements announcements in, uh, I don't know, whatever else we talk about at uh, NewsWise, uh, you can all find it there.
1: All right. Thanks for watching, everyone. See you again soon. Same place, same time.
0: Everyone is getting vaccinated so we can all hang out together.
1: Well, yeah, we'll do like a giant Teams meeting and we'll put you all together in in um, virtual in a, rooms.
0: Yeah, in a and, virtual auditorium that everyone's going to hate.
1: <laughs> and then, then we'll go outside and actually have a real meeting afterwards.
0: Compare and contrast.
1: Yeah. <laughs> all right, everyone. Take care.
0: Thank you.